0: Uh, I, I don't know if this is true, I'm not even sure I should say this. I noticed uh, uh, a while back, and I mentioned this to my wife, that it, it's not Mother's Day, it's Mother's Weekend. It's not Father's Day, it's Father's Afternoon. <laughs> Does that make sense to some of you? That resonates in some ways? So, so enjoy a Father's a- Afternoon uh, with us next Sunday, it's going to be great. And before I get into any more trouble, let me pray. Lord God, thank you for your spirit. Uh, Lord, I I believe that during that time of worship, during that time of praying, that you spoke to people. And Lord, I pray that we were all able to recognize your voice. Lord, sometimes we have to say, was that you? Did I hear you say... Or was it just me? And Lord, I pray your spirit would confirm God speaks. The spirit longs to speak into our lives. And Father, we long to live out of the spirit's power and presence. And so, Lord, we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Not only do we invite you, Lord, we plead and beg for you. Fill us. Fill us full. And speak to us in your word. Lord, if we have somewhere, somehow missed hearing you, I pray that at this time, as we look at your word, you would speak clearly and loudly to us. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I believe that it is humanly impossible. Humanly impossible not to have expectations. I think we all have expectations, and in many of them. We have expectations for our relationships, expectations for our marriage, expectations for our children, expectations for our career, for vacations, for our diet, for our workout regime. We have lots and lots of expectations. Would you agree? Okay, good. That means then it is humanly impossible not to experience disappointment, right? Because not everything that we expect happens. In fact, so much so that I think we ought to take the counsel of the dread pirate Roberts and get used to disappointment. (laughs) Disappointment happens. But what if, What if you're disappointed with Jesus? What if you're disappointed by God? What if something you expected to happen and you prayed would happen and it was a good thing didn't happen? What do you do when you're disappointed by Jesus? We're gonna look at that this morning as we return to our series in the Gospel of John back to chapter 11. We'll finish it up this morning by looking at how two women dealt with their disappointment with Jesus. Now, by way of review, let's go back to verse one, chapter 11, verse one of the Gospel of John. We read, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in the death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now, one of the things we noted is uh, that John tells us that this family, Lazarus and his sister Mary and Martha, are in the town of the village of Bethany, a couple of miles away from Jerusalem. The confusing part is so is Jesus in a town or a village named Bethany, but his Bethany is called Bethany beyond the Jordan, about 16 miles away. So when Jesus gets the message that Lazarus is sick, he's about a day's walk, a day's journey From Bethany, but he chooses to say no to the implied message please come. The one whom you love is sick, please come. And Jesus' answer to that is no. He stays two more days where he is. Then in verse 7, he says to his disciples, "Uh, Let us go back to Judea, let us make our way to Bethany. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found out that Lazarus had already been dead, been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Now let's hear what that. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Mary does not share her sister's enthusiasm to meet Jesus. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Martha hears that Jesus has finally made his way. Three days later, after the message had been given him, Jesus finally now appears. Martha leaves the home where she and her sisters and others are mourning and makes her way to Jesus. And look at what she says. Her greeting to Jesus is this. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, in one of the commentaries I was reading, I was very surprised when the author wrote, I don't hear a rebuke in her words. I thought, what Bible are you reading? (laughs) That's all I hear in her words. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. To me, that's a rebuke. If someone says to me, Jim, if you had been here, this would not have happened that's a rebuke, right? Why weren't you here is what they're saying. Why didn't, you, why didn't you deal with this? You should have been here. If you had been here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. Martha's putting her brother's death on Jesus. If you had not been here, my brother would not have died. In fact, the crowd picked that up. In verse uh, 37, but some of the crowd that were there to mourn with the sisters said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man, could he not have kept this man from dying, His, his good friend, the one he loved? Martha's rebuking Jesus. My brother would be alive if you had come. Now, given the amount of time between the two Bethanies, by the time Jesus would have been there the second day, Her brother would have been dead. But in her mind, had Jesus been there, had he come immediately, there might have been a chance. Her brother would not have died. Martha is disappointed. She's disappointed in Jesus. She knew his miracles, she knew that he had healed others. She knew that Jesus loved Lazarus. They had a unique relationship, this family. Uh, might have been his adopted family. And so she had all the right to expect that Jesus would come, but he didn't. And so she's disappointed. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But then she says this, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Now, we might be tempted to think that she is thinking he could resurrect her brother, right? But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. It would be a mistake, however, for us to interpret those words that she has an expectation that Jesus could raise her brother from the dead. There's a couple things in their dialogue that follows that show us that she doesn't have that expectation at all. That's not what she means. Jesus said right then to her, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, right? Martha answered, well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at what? The last day. Not today, not now, not that you are here, but yes, I know my brother will rise in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus then said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She answers, yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. All right, wait. Is that what he asked? Look at what he asks her. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believes in me, even though she dies, Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Martha's response, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, that's good. That's the start of faith. Anyone who were to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, he is God's Son, he's come into the world to save us, that's the beginning of Christianity, That's great. That's awesome that she believes it. But she's not answering the question that Jesus asked. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me and dies will be resurrected to life. Do you believe this? She doesn't know what Jesus is getting at. She doesn't know, what are you asking me? I I don't know where you're going with this. And that even comes out when Jesus takes then that next step, going to the tomb uh, Jesus once more deeply moved, verse 38, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there four days. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I uh, first started reading the Bible in the King James. Um, I grew up in a non-Christian home. I had to dig through all these old boxes of my grandmother's to find a Bible. Um, And then I had to sneak it into my room so that my parents wouldn't see I was reading the Bible. I was afraid what they might think if I started reading the Bible. The King James is not a great place to start reading scripture. I was not a a good student to begin with, but to read the Old English was even more a struggle for me. But there is a verse in King James Bible that I have remembered from the moment I read it, and it's this verse, but Lord, and in the King James it says this, but Lord, he stinketh. (laughs) I don't know why that has stuck with me. But I tell you, I used that verse many, many times when I was changing my kids' diapers. But Lord, they stinketh. I, I don't know, it just has always stuck with me. So, so Martha is, is trying to say to Jesus, no, 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 we don't want to open this. Oh, 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 don't, don't, don't sniff that diaper. No, 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 you don't want to do this. No, that's not going to be good. Don't open the tomb. She has no expectations that Jesus is going to raise from the dead her brother. That is not what she's saying when she said this but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. What she's saying is, you did not come when we asked you to. For whatever reason you had for letting my brother die, I know that God listens to you. I know that the Father listens to you. And so when you said no to us, I trust it was the right thing to do. I trust it was the right thing to do. Martha's disappointed in Jesus, but she trusts him. She has faith in him. She says, I know God listens to you, and if you said no, well, I don't understand it, but I know that God listens to you. And so that means the Father agreed with what you said, when you said no she's disappointed but she has faith in him now that's not necessarily true of her sister do you remember what we read when Jesus made his way to the village of Bethany Martha heard that he was on his way and she left the home to greet him right but Mary stayed at home right So after Jesus had talked with Martha, he gave instructions to Martha, and he told her, go back home and tell Mary I want to see her. So Martha went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher, the rabbi, is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We heard those words earlier, right? We heard those exact same words, right? Martha said the exact same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Somewhere along the line, these sisters have talked about this. (laughs) All right? They both came up with the same thing. They are both very disappointed in Jesus. They had said, if Jesus had been here, our brother would not have died. And so their first greeting to Jesus is not, hi, where were you? It is, if you, if you had been here, this would never have happened. But I think Mary feels it stronger. Not only does she use the same words that her sister did, they both said the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but Martha adds this. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Mary does not. Mary does not add anything. She just leaves that statement right there. The scripture says that she ran to him, she fell at his feet, crying and sobbing, and she said, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And she has nothing more to say to him nothing. Not only is Mary disappointed, she's also angry. She's angry with Jesus. She doesn't add a single thing. What more can you say? You didn't come. You waited two days before you left. And now you're here when he's dead. She's disappointed, and she's very angry. So let's look at these two women and these two responses. Martha goes to Jesus when she hears that he's making his way to Bethany. Mary doesn't. She stays home. She wants nothing to do. It isn't until Jesus calls her, basically orders her, that she goes to him. Martha's disappointed that he waited. Mary's disappointed as well. But Martha believes She may not understand. She might be disappointed, but she believes. She trusts him. There's a reason. Mary, it's just anger. She's angry. So let me ask you. When when Jesus says no to your expectations, How do you respond? Which one do you identify with when Jesus says no? When something you've hoped for, something that you've prayed for, and it's good and it's right, and it just seems like something God would do? What do you do when Jesus says no? Who are you like? Now some of you may say, I'm like neither of them. I'm not Martha, I'm not Mary. Some of you may say, you know, I lay before God, and if it doesn't happen the way I pray for, I just trust him. Uh, It's not a problem for me. I say, okay, that's all right, Lord. Uh, Now I can't wait to see what happens next or what you have in mind or what you have planned for. Man, if that's you, that is awesome. And I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) That is awesome. I have to say that's not me, however. I'm, I'm much more like Martha. You know, I, I, I give suggestions to Jesus. I suggest how things ought to go. They're good. I, I work out in my mind how I think they should go. I, I lay it out before Jesus. Here's my idea, here's my plan. I know you're going to love it. You know? And I, and I lay it out, and, and I expect that that will happen. And then when it doesn't, I have to admit, I'm disappointed. I wish it had been different. But it doesn't rock my faith. It doesn't shake my foundation. I'm disappointed. But I believe and I trust. In fact, one of the things um, that I remind myself, and I, I love saying this, this is one of the things I love to say, is it is what it is, but God is in it. You know, do I wish it were different? Yes, absolutely. I wish this were different. But it is what it is, and God is in it, though. You know, that, that helps me understand, look, this isn't what I want, but it's not like God isn't in here. God isn't in this. God isn't working. It's not what I want, but God is in this. And, you know, let's wait and see what he does. I'm much more like Martha. It is what it is. I'm disappointed, but I believe God is in this. But maybe you're more like Mary. You're disappointed, and you're angry. There are a lot of angry Christians. What is that? And I think it is Disappointment. Disappointment in Jesus. Disappointment with God that has turned on itself, and we become angry that Jesus would do this or allow this or that to happen. Now, the problem with anger is that it becomes spiritually toxic to our emotions and our faith. In fact, one of the things that anger tends to do is exactly what Mary did. Anger tends to isolate us. We withdraw. We step back a little bit. Jesus is coming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. Mm-mm. You know, I love the saying, your arms are too short to box with God. You know, if I can't box with him, well, I'm going to get I'm going to go to my corner, man. You know what? I'm going to get I'm going to get far away from him cuz I'm angry with him. If that's you, if you tend to respond like Mary, let me let me give you two things to remember. One is that Jesus calls us to him. Jesus will pursue you. When you withdraw, Jesus will follow you. He will pursue you. That's what he did with Mary. Martha said, You know, Mary's mad. She's not coming. Tell her to come. I want to meet with her, I want to talk with her. Elijah was a great prophet of Israel. And at one point, he did this battle with the prophets of Baal. Amazing, amazing act of faith. He was incredibly successful, but afterwards, soon afterwards, the queen of the prophets said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to come after you, and I'm going to kill you. And Elijah was afraid, but Elijah was also angry. So he made his way to this cave, right? Got as far away as he could. He hid himself in this cave, and God pursued him. And I love the encounter that happens. God goes into this cave and he says to Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And and Elijah just starts to roll out his anger and his rebuke. And, you know, I'm the one doing all the work. You're not doing anything. I fought the prophets of Baal and now they're threatening me and I'm the only one that's doing God's will. And I don't know if God shook his head or rolled his eyes or had a headache, I don't know. But he did say to him, Elijah, there are 7,000 of you. 7,000. And implied in that is the question, why aren't you with them? Why are you here alone? Another prophet that got really angry at God was Jonah. After God pursued him throughout the Mediterranean creatively and uniquely cast him on shore and said, go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. He goes into Nineveh. He says two words, like repent or else. Three words. I don't know. <laughs> repent. And they do. And he's shocked. And he's angry because God's going to forgive him. And so he goes up on this hillside overlooking Nineveh and he sulks. He's angry. And God says, why are you angry? Well, because I knew you would forgive them and blah, 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 blah. And God asks him a question. It's one I use when I think about it. <laughs> when I'm angry, God says to him, do you do well to be angry? Oh, I hate that question. Because nine out of nine times, it's no. Jesus calls us. He will pursue you. And then very quickly, Jesus deeply feels our disappointment and our hurt. Let me, let me look at this really quickly with you. This is amazing. Do you remember? I'm sure you do. Why did Jesus wait? All right, he hears that Lazarus is, is sick, right? It's pretty serious, right? So he waits. Why did he wait? He waited until Lazarus died. He knew Lazarus was going to die, and he waited till Lazarus was going to die so that he could raise him from the dead. Very good, very good. Why did I wait? I waited till he died so that I could raise him from the dead. Now look at his interaction with Mary. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, come and see, Lord. And Jesus wept. Okay, look look back at this. When Jesus saw her weeping, he saw Mary weeping and everyone else mourning, he starts to be troubled. Why? He knows he's going to raise him from the dead, right? He knows what he's going to do. Why is he troubled? Why does he weep? Why didn't he say to Mary, Whoa, 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 time out, no more crying? Huh, uh, uh, uh. Wait, watch this. Woo-hoo. Right? Roll the stone away. I know he stinketh, but roll the stone away. Lazarus, come on out. You know, why didn't he say that to Mary? Mary, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Why does he get so moved that he starts to weep? Even though he knows what he's going to do. It's because he knows Mary's disappointed. He knows she's angry. And he feels for her. When we weep, God weeps with us even when he knows a blessing is to come, he feels our pain and our disappointment. That's why Jesus never rebukes them. Because he feels their pain. He feels their anger. And he weeps with them. So if you are a Mary, when it comes to disappointment, please don't withdraw. Listen to Jesus call out for you. If you are a Martha, remember it is what it is, but God is in it. And if you are neither of those, teach the rest of us how to respond that way. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, uh, thank you. You take us where we are, but you never leave us there. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said amen. Please stand.